and welcome to episode 79 of the Worldwide Chelsea podcast. We're back again and it has been a wonderful week for Chelsea fans. Uh, not so much of a wonderful week for Man United fans, but I'm sure we'll get into that banter in <laughs> the pod. As I just hear Jester's laughing, that cheeky little laugh. Anyway, we'll get into our wonderful guests and we've got a nice guest list today. First of all, I will come to my regular guest and co-host, the Trash Talking Texan. Jesters, how are you doing, my friend? You, you know, it. I was hoping that, that Arsenal would lose because I wanted to see him dead in 13 and 14th. But I think uh, United has made up more than made up for that. Plus, I believe my grandson is going to be born today. So I'm flying high. Uh, the 7-0 thrashing, the 4-0 thrashing. It is a good day to be a blue definitely i mean just as congratulations and you getting a grandson uh all of us uh wishing it all goes well and hopefully we have another future chelsea star from america on her on the horizon absolutely perfect and the next guest is the og co-host the football magician marv how you doing my friend I'm doing great, my friend. Uh, laying the smack down, being sexy, not aging a single day at 35. So I'm doing good. How are you guys? Uh, I'm all good. I mean, can't complain. Just started uh, my my jobs this week. And then Chelsea just make me really happy with scoring a, lot, a bunch of goals, a bunch of sexy goals, and staying top of the league. So I can't complain. And now to our final guest. Yes, you heard it right. We have a fourth guest. Normally, it's just me, Marv, and Jesters, but we are going for a throwback back in the past. We're going. We're moving away from America. We're moving away from Mexico, and we're going to the other side of the world. He's the one and only Arrow. How you doing, my friend? Doing great, my friend. It's a perfect weekend. Like any weekend where Chelsea wins and Man United lose, is a great weekend for me. And to win seven nil and for them to lose five nil is. And icing on the cake. So it's been going great this weekend. How have you all been yeah. doing? Yeah, as I said, we've, been, we've all been doing good. I mean, Arrow, you, normally I remember whenever you come on, it's normally after Chelsea have a stupid loss, an embarrassing loss. I think you've kind of picked the right episode to come on, haven't you? I, I have. I mean, surprisingly, because it, normally it's been... Uh, I mean, I was usually on for uh, regular periods during the Lampard era, and those were full of ups and downs. So we never had such massive wins and such positive attitudes towards our team. So it's it's a great pleasure to come on today after a 7-0 win after, like, what? Last time we won 7-0 was under Ancelotti, I think, in the league. Yeah, it goes back 10-11 yeah. years. Been a long time coming. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy it's come. I mean, yeah, guys, so it has been one hell of a week. Two games, 11 goals scored, zero goals conceded. Starting off with the win in midweek against Malmo, 4-0. Goals from Christensen, Kai Havertz, and two penalties from Jorginho. And then we got to the weekend, as Arrow said, a 7-0 win over Norwich. A hat-trick from Money Mason Mount. A goal from Cho. Goal from goal from Ben Chilwell. Goal from Reese James. And an own goal by Max Ahrens. Interestingly, for the Norwich game, all the goal scorers, even if you count the own goal, were all scored by Englishmen. So Brexit FC was at the weekend and it actually worked out quite well for us. But we'll, before we get into the uh, Norwich game, we will talk, speak about the Malmo game quickly while we've got the time. Um, 
So we'll go through the goals. I mean, we started off with the nine-minute goal from Christensen, an absolute wonder goal. Marv, what was your reaction to Christensen scoring his first goal and what a goal it was? Oh, that was quality. Volley down into the floor and into the net and, and completing a great remontada. Um, I was never really a huge, the hugest fan of his. I used to even think he wasn't as good as a traffic cone. So the, the fact that he's gone from where he has then, and, and I'm happy to be wrong because I'm right 99% of the time. Um, but I'm really, really glad he scored the goal. And at the moment, I would even say if, if it wasn't for the absolute heroics of Eduard Mendy uh, and maybe Kovacic, I think Richardson and Rudiger, the next two uh, in line at the moment, of our best player so far this season. So I think, yeah, Britain, what a goal. Glad he's done it. And he's just playing better every single game yeah definitely I mean I'm just thinking he had his first goal for Denmark in the Euros which was an absolute banger and then now he's got his first goal for Chelsea which was again a really good goal so maybe Christensen he doesn't score a lot of goals but when he does it's a wonderful it's a wonderful goal so I mean hopefully he continues that um Jesters what did you think of Christensen's goal uh yeah it was a, it was a good goal came at a good time when you're playing lesser teams you want to score early get them out of the low block, make them play against you. And, you know, he's right place, right time, doing the right thing. So uh, he's been on the ascendancy. Looks like the contract's about wrapped up. I think they're just putting a uh, pen to paper. And uh, so he'll get him wrapped up, which is good. But, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, he's he gets lost because he's not English, but he is a youth product. He doesn't get the love, but again, youth product. Where, where, you know, where's all the love for him doing bits? I don't see it comparative to other players, but he, he, uh, he's been fantastic for club and country. To, you know, if we're, we're, if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think him and then to a point, Ruben Loftus Cheek as well. I don't know whether it's because they're, pre, they're pre Lampard players that uh, come through the academy but they just they've never really got the love I mean you get people saying Ruben Loftus-Cheek's an Instagram model at best you get obviously Christensen had his he just goes under the radar even when he does good performances like you look I'll point Marv out as an example me and Marv weren't the biggest fans of Christensen but now we can see he's playing well and we're by both of us you can see us on Twitter both praising Christensen to the end of the earth so I mean but I don't know why of other people it's just he never gets the praise that he deserves, uh, especially yeah. at the moment. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's it is ridiculous. I, I personally don't understand why you can't just give praise. Away. That's the problem. You you have a player that you get accused of all this agenda stuff and all this other kind of thing. But the thing is, is with me, I'll say exactly how I believe it is. I don't care. I mean, I would prefer that, you know, let's say Hudson Norris got five a game and become the best player ever, and I will say that. But when you play well one game, and I say I don't trust him over Werner because Werner won the Champions League, that's not a deep take, you know? And <clears throat> the same with Loftus-Cheek. Loftus-Cheek has always been a great player for me, and it's good to see him looking back to his absolute best, and I think he can even get better. Yeah, definitely. As, as, a, as someone that is a massive fan of Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I know he can get better. I know there's another level, and... I think that remontada, just like Christensen's was last season, that be this this year will be the remontada of Lumen Loftus Cheek, and I think it will be beautiful to see. Um, Arrow, just before we move on, what what did you what was your thoughts of Christensen's goal? Well, as you all know, I've, I've always been a massive fan of Christensen, 
you guys were always skeptical about Christensen, and I always said, like, he'll come good. He'll come good. Just see. Uh, and coming back to a back three system like he did again, uh, when he played under Conte, he's been phenomenal. He's always been great at playing the position that, Con uh, that Tuchel has asked of him. And I was full of joy when he uh, scored that goal against Malmo because he's had, like, literally hundreds of chances, like a hundred chances easily from corners because he has always been uh, great at his positioning, but his headers have always been wide or gone above the bar and I've always watched him miss the goals, but he scored one of the ones that have uh, that are actually tougher than the ones he's missed all this while. So it's been a great pleasure to watch him uh, score a goal finally for Chelsea. And... As Jester says, where's all the love for Christensen? Well, here's all the love. I've always asked for Christensen's love and uh, always wanted him to succeed. And it's it's great to see him finally doing bits for us. And yeah, yeah. I mean, Ara, I always remembered it was it was always you versus me and Marv about Christensen, especially when me and Marv were kind of looking. Yeah, you guys at were always berating Christensen every yeah. single episode, and I was like, yeah. come on, I mean, guys. to be to be fair, me and Marv, we don't normally take an L that often, but I think this is an L we'd be glad to, have to take, uh, and you can take the rare W. And also, he, <laughs> I don't, not a rare stop. W, come on, I take W's all the time, but yeah. <laughs> it's only if a you, half. If you're taking an L against me, it's like, it's okay. It's only a you because when we like he was bad at those times i mean he'd always lose his man he'd always get done on the inside outside he, his one-on-one -on -one yeah, was but bad. i always said like he doesn't do really well in a back four system he's a systematic player and he does really well in a back three i've always Maybe. said that yeah of course, back I'm, back three. sure i mean the one thing that uh is interesting i mean he just has generally got better and, and i think it's and that's great because I mean, he wasn't great for Conte, he wasn't great for Sarri, wasn't great for, you know, so... When, oh, he when... was great for Conte, though. He was great for Conte. He did play pretty well for Conte, and he did play consistently under Conte. It's under Sarri that he faded away. No, 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 no. He was... He barely played. And um, when he played, he played the ball out and we lost to Barcelona. He played for about six games and then got kicked out. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's the game that... Uh, that was the downhill trajectory started for him, because that Barcelona game was pretty bad for him. It's yeah, after that definitely. game that, that, like, his confidence got shattered, I think, or something like that, because okay. he's never been the same after that. But since Tuchel had come in, he's been a changed man. You might be right on the back for uh, back five system, I think. But interesting, I just find it crazy how just a, a one system change can make a player so good. I think that a lot of it's on the player, the player just playing Even really Rudiger well. was uh, a scenario that's the same as Christensen, because... Rudiger wasn't doing that good against uh, with a back two system. I mean, a back four system with Lampard as well. But after coming yeah. to a back three system, he's been phenomenal. He's been well, actually, he's been he, like he's currently uh, for me the best defender in the league. He's the best defender in the world, uh, I think. With uh, Rudiger is, and uh, the thing is, even then when we were playing bad, any combination with him had the lowest amount of goals conceded even then under Lampard before uh, in, with Lampard getting sacked we'd conceded like one yeah. goal before. I mean uh, if you go statistically it was I mean you didn't concede much but there were uh, lots of instances where there were direct involvements of from him where things led to a goal so I mean no, I I just, he was performing early, really well the only point I would make in that is that under under Sari in the back four he was, paired, he, was paired, he was paired with David Luiz, and we had the third best defensive record in the league. So I, I think exactly. 
he has shown uh, good uh, good moments in the back four, and that's why I'm not afraid of going back to a back four with Rudiger. Um, I think under the Lampard thing, it was it was the issue that he had that knee injury, and he was out for the first part of Lampard's season. And then we were struggling defensively and we were all like, yes, Rudiger's going to come back. He's going to come straight back in. He's going to be fantastic. And I just don't think he was ready to come back when he was. Lampard rushed him in. He'd had some awful, uh, a couple of awful moments. But even then, was still doing okay. But I think we were, we were just, he was the scapegoat because I think we, he, everyone was expecting him to be the big sticky plaster over our defence. And he, was a- he just wasn't. And then... Under the second Lampard spell, we barely played. But then as soon as Tuchel come in, he's played well again. So, I, 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 for Rudiger, I think it's more of a man. It was more of a wrong point, wrong time, wrong manager. Yeah, to be fair, I mean Lampard's systemic, uh, whatever he did at the back wasn't really working because we were never really tight uh, under Lampard anyway. So whatever players or combinations we use, we always fail to keep a clean sheet regularly. I think it's interesting to mention the uh, Luis, because I really love the Luis and Rudiger partnership, and I think that they played well. Um, there were a couple of bad games, but if you look at towards the back end of the season, we really had a nice run. And remember, again, the team that was largely new and trying to get into a new way of play still had a previous summer of terrible signings. Can you imagine having the team we have now with Luis? in that centre because for me Luis was the best ball playing defender in the world in that those times and when we played with Conte Luis was absolutely phenomenal he was defender of the season that first season so <clears throat> and that's the thing I think like even with I would trust a Rudiger in any system I, I think he was easily used as a scapegoat if you remember the article I submitted for, for Worldwide Chelsea a while back when everyone used to were, were, every time people brought up that West Ham game and I remember thinking about what did he actually do bad there apart from that stupid clearance which wasn't the mistake that conceded the goal that was Aspie losing his man <clears throat> and then even uh, towards the end Christensen had ran into the midfield leaving him on his own and as a foot former coach myself when you go one-on-one with someone they always tell you to show the guy on the inside and that's what he did and the keeper should have saved it so really we were look I think we a lot of people and it's because of some big accounts not going to name any names that start to slander players before they start playing badly at all and then everyone just follows that without actually coming back and analysing the game. If we come back and look at all the mistakes Rudiger really made during that time, we can we can argue about that silly t- challenge he tried to make against Arsenal in that FA Cup final. But even then, that was a four-person mistake. First, it was him. It was Zuma getting absolutely done over by Aubameyang, which was just dreadful defending. Christensen falling over and staying on the floor and Rudiger's challenge. And then you think about the, the ball that come through straight away with no defenders no midfield helping as well. So it was a four-person mistake. But for some reason, one player gets the blame. It's the same thing that happened when we conceded in the Super Cup. Even now, there are still people trying to do it now. We, we conceded in the Super Cup because Rudiger tried to play a ball that would have had us away in on goal. It wasn't his fault the rest of the goal came. Everyone got sucked in. Jorginho didn't cover his man, and they got the goal back. Uh, it is, it's the easy way. Like Easy scapegoats exist. If Callum Hudson-Odoi plays bad, it will somehow get blamed on Pulisic being injured. Or, or Timo Werner not scoring when he's not even playing. It, always the same. There are certain players that are uncriticisable. And it's something that's one of the things that annoys me lately in, in the fan base. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, that's, that is the problem. I think that is the ultimate problem with our fan base. There's too many agendas, there's too many player FCs, and there's not enough of Chelsea FC. But I don't think that's something that's ever going to change, especially with modern 
modern day football, Twitter fat, people on Twitter, I, I just don't think it's going to change. And that's why I take Twitter with a 10% view of what Chelsea opinion actually is because there's too many idiots on Twitter, unfortunately. I will post in the description, guys, uh, Marv's uh, article on Rudiger. It's a fantastic article. It's actually the best article to this day in terms of amount of people read it. So hopefully you can boost them numbers. Uh, and hopefully Marv one day can write us another article again with that spectacular analysis. Um, maybe on Rudiger's Remontada. That would be very great. Let's do it. Perfect. Uh, I'll, I'll hold you to that, Marv. But anyway, we'll move on to the next topic. And obviously, in that game, we got two penalties uh, for Jorginho, and he scored both of them. And what I noticed is he's slightly changed his penalty technique. Um, for both shots, he obviously still did his little hop, skip, and jump to an extent, but he's looking to put a bit more power through... Uh, penalties arrow um what do you think is of his new penalty taken do you think that's gonna help him uh concede less because obviously there were sometimes when he would concede when the goalkeeper would save it because they guessed the right way but do you think this extra power he's putting in is gonna help him i mean i don't think he's uh putting extra power into every shot of his i think he's trying to alternate between uh hop the hop and the skip and taking it quickly so that the keepers are kept guessing he doesn't want uh, keepers to like be uh, aware of what he's gonna do. He just want the keeper. He just wants the keepers to be uh, unaware of which technique he's gonna go with because he has missed quite a few of, uh, for us last season. So I think it's good working for him the alternating between techniques because now he's been scoring more than he did last season. I mean, he's been listen- missing less than last season. So. All twelve yeah. that is producing results, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what it is helping. It is help. I think he is obviously not. Yeah, because the first, much. the first, uh, the first pen that he took was a proper hop and skip, and the second one he took was a more quicker run. So you can see that yeah. he's changing it up a bit. Yeah, Justice, what do you think of uh, Jorginho's new penalty t- technique? Do you think he's just mixing it up, and do you think that's going to help him? Well, he's done it before. He did it last year when he was. Uh, when they started to catch on, because <clears throat> look, the penalties. There's two ways to do it. You can either out try to outthink the goalkeeper, or you can smash it past him. I was always, I'm always of the uh, uh, opinion that you should smash it past him because you're at a certain range, and if you hit it hard enough, I don't care who the goalkeeper is. If you put it in the right position and hit it hard enough. They're not even if they guess right, they're not getting there. Uh, so I'm not a fan of the hop, skip, and jump because he doesn't put a lot on it. And if you guess right, you're gonna save it. Um, I, I prefer just putting your foot through it. And I don't like all the this stuttery run ups. I, I I'm not that dude. I'm old fashioned. Uh, so just I mean it's a it's a free kick. Step up. Find your find where you want to hit it. You can leave and look, stare it down, and just smash it past the goalkeeper. And so he he did that last year when they were getting on to him, when they were figuring out his technique. He just wouldn't he wouldn't jump or he'd be a, a lesser jump, and he and he'd put more on it, and it worked. But <clears throat> when Rom comes back, he's got to be the he's got to be the penalty taker. He's a striker. You feed the beast. You let him do it. Um. But yeah, I mean, he scored two penalties. 
it's what you're supposed to do. So I, I mean, I'm gonna keep it keep it at that. So. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, just as I'm old school like you too, I, 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 I always think the best thing is to smash it and grab it. Um, I always look and think nine out of ten times, if a penalty's missed or saved, it's because it's a bad penalty, not because the goalkeeper's done well. Usually, when you look at it, it's always either it's too central. If you put it in the corner from that far out, you should be you should be scoring no matter what. The goalkeeper has to be has to do very well to get a good touch on it and pull it out. So I, I, I do I do agree with that. I think smash and grab is always I think it's always been a good way to do it. Lampard's always done it like that. Um and it's, the hop and skip does work at times, but I think you do need to, as Arrow said, mix it up. Um Marv, what do you think of Jorginho's penalty taking? Do you think it's good that he's mixing it up? Um yeah, I think you've always got to because after a while they'll kind of see like so not everyone's gonna because uh, he's actually missed quite a few. I do I do think he's a great taker, but he's actually missed a few, hasn't he? And one in that fight, two final ones missed. And I mean, I like his his take though, but uh, I mean for me, I always varied mine up. I would try to place it calmly into the corner every time, or if I was a bit more nervous, I would just smack the out of it and hope for the best. Um, so I mean, you know, it's always good to have variants because. Good goalkeepers will study those. Will look. They will. They will look and say, "Okay, it's gone down here." Like Hazard's ones, he would wait and wait and wait for a little bit of movement, then he would slot it. Um, you know, you, you've got to change it sometimes. Go different directions, different places. But you know, whatever works for him works for him. As long as they go in, I don't care. Yeah, definitely. You get a lot of. You see a lot of keepers nowadays. They have on their drink bottle. They have a paper of who the penalty takers are and where they likely will go. So I, I think modern t- modern day football goalkeepers are always prepped for their penalties so you do have to watch out for it a little bit more and mix it up more properly obviously the malmo game was a fantastic game um was partially down to malmo ba- being a bit terrible but we also played really well but it wasn't all smiles because we we won but I- i'd argue at what cost obviously we had two injuries uh lukaku in the 22nd minute looks like a high ankle sprain and will be least be out for me to the international break. And Werner, hamstring injury just before half-time. Again, same, probably international break, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, Marvel, I'll come to you first. Are them injuries going to be quite dangerous for us, or has it come at a time where we've got a few sim- more simpler teams, so it should yeah. we, it's probably the best time to get them? Well, it's the time to test, put to the test our amazing squad depth that we have, because I think this is probably the most deep squad we've ever had. And uh, this, it's just a shame when you get injuries all in the same fucking in the same position. Um, we've got so many in the same position. I think <clears throat> at the way Lukaku had been playing, we're not missing anything apart from the hold-up play. I mean, he's he's in my opinion been one of the worst players the last couple of games, and I think we play better without him. And I'm I'm obviously going to support. Um, I got lots of abuse for that last time, but I'm going to support. Obviously, hope he gets it back and scores all the goals and smashes it. But at this time, I still think we're better when we play Havertz. And I know some people thought Havertz didn't play well, but he's fluid. He moves. He passes it off. He lays off. He gets in spaces. I think we're better uh, like that. The problem is missing him and Werner and Pulisic leaves us with the problem that we can only play a doy in that position. And uh, he played well yesterday on Saturday. So let's hope that that continues. But it does worry me a little bit that area because you know left wing is a very important position uh but thankfully we do have players you know we should have enough to win against freaking newcastle and we should have enough to i don't know who else we're playing i know we got newcastle and is it burnley yeah we've got southampton. South, southampton in the midweek you've got newcastle and then i think after oh, yeah. the international break you've got burnley 
Okay. Malmo, and then you get into like Leicester, United, and Juventus. So. Step back for those games, but I think like we we got to win that Carabao game because that's a good chance of an easy early trophy if we keep winning that. Um, yeah, I mean all these games because they're all congested that there is a potential banana skin there, but. If the team are fully motivated and play to their ability, we should be able to roll over Newcastle. But, you know, Southampton game might be tougher. Might be tougher. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Arrow, what do you think of the injuries? Do you, are you worried about the injuries or do you think we'll get through this all right? I mean, I think uh, now is the least worst time to get those injuries to our strikers because uh, let's look at the run of games that we're going to have in the next one month and the games that we have played in the past two months since the beginning of the season, because those were really tough ones and they came, came thick and fast. And now the games that we we have uh, in our hand are the ones that are comparatively easy and ones where we would think that experimenting with the squad would be a great idea anyway. And as for the individual players that have been uh, injured, I mean, I think it would come as... Uh, Probably as a boon to Lukaku because he's been playing a lot since the past season. He's been involved in all of Inter's games almost, and he was the MVP as well. Then he went to the Euros with Belgium, hardly had a break, uh, trained with Inter, came straight into the Chelsea squad and had been playing. And then he's been playing and in, getting involved in every single international break since then as well. So I think uh, the break would do great for Lukaku. Hopefully, like it did for Mason Mount, who was burnt out as well. Uh, as for Werner, I think uh, it's a bit unlucky on his part because, I mean, it's always been unlucky for him. He does well. He tries to score. He gets offside. He scores well, and then he gets injured. So this was a good run of form for Werner. And he getting injured is might come as a setback for him. But he's, for me, personally, he's quite mentally strong because the abuse that he's faced from a lot of media last season, he could have just slumped and like withered like Morata did for us and lost all confidence, but they did not. He He's trying hard and he's actually working quite well for us as well as Germany. So let's see. I think he'll come back strong as well. So, yeah, I think this is a good time for the injuries if there is any good time for it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I mean, they are fairly simple games, and we if if we're looking to win the league, we should be beating these teams. Um, Jester's finally with you. Are, you. are you worried about these injuries? Obviously, you got the Pulisic injury. Which we're hoping he's going to come back soon, but obviously, we don't get too much information. But um, are you worried about these injuries, or do you think we'll get through this moment in time? I think we'll get through it because we have an excellent team with an excellent manager, and that's why you have the depth, right? Um, they're not injuries are never ideal. You never want to see them happen. Um, but it, it's lucky they come with the runner fixtures that we do have, like everybody else said. And I'm fine with it as long as Christian Pulisic gets back this week and he's fit for uh, Newcastle next weekend. I don't know if he will be for Tuesday. Um, I know he's in training now, back finally. Um, but I don't know what his status would be. I Hopefully, he could come on and give us 30 minutes on Tuesday and then start on Saturday because uh, he has different gravy than what we have right now. And, uh, you know, we're a little bit uh, threadbare in that area 
Um, luckily, uh, you still have some some decent professionals on the team like Barkley, who can play in that area. Um, Ziyech, who I'm going to put with Barkley because he's been about that awful this year. Um, but at least we have, you know, good professionals who can who can who can come up and have a game here and there, and 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 get you through. But uh, yeah, as 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 long as we get Captain America back, and I, I'm gonna go hard on this just just to make Chodes Chodes ba- uh, really unhappy. Um, he he's far and away a better player, and um, you know. He he can do more for us than than what we have out there right now. Yeah, well, I think that that Pulisic Cho showdown. I think that that's gonna come. That's come at a good time with Vernery and injured because now it's them two mainly in the spotlight for that left wing position. I, I do I, I do think I, I did see that he is in training. I think you're right in terms of the fact. I mean, that's what we're hoping is he comes back for Southampton, cut thirty minutes, and then starting because obviously we have got. I just look, we have got. Um, Southampton midweek, Newcastle I mean, on Saturday. You, I mean, you and say then you've got Malmo the and showdown, then but I don't think that uh, Pulis is going to come in for the Southampton game. He was supposed to come back last week from his ankle injury, but his ankle has been troubling him from uh, him for quite a while now. And even recently, he came into the training and uh, he tried, but that ankle just kept on troubling him. And there's like quite a thin chance that he's going to get involved in the Southampton game in any way. Yeah, I do think that's a hope. But um, obviously, we've still got three games after that. I think he will start to be involved. I think it was Thursday he got back into training, apparently. Um, so he's had a few days. And as far as we know at the moment, there's been no problems in that time. Um, so hopefully that it can all go well and he can come back. Um, yeah, let's hope so. Because it's a really crucial time for him to come back from his injury. Because... Now that Werner's uh, injured as well, this was a great time for him to start. Yeah, it's the perfect time for him. Hopefully it can happen and hopefully we can have that great showdown that we all want. Um, We'll move on from the Malmo game because that was a beautiful game, but we had an even better game on Saturday. I mean, boys, we we surely enjoyed that 7-0 a lot. Um, And there's only one man that I can go to at first, which was the man who got the hat-trick himself, Mason Mount. Um, Obviously got Missed the penalty, but luckily Tim Krull came off his line and then it was taken again. And Mason, well, he, <laughs> Krull nearly saved it with his feet again, but we, he got the goal and obviously got, thanks to, I will say this, thanks to Ruben Loftus-Cheek being incredibly unselfish and squaring it to him. He managed to get his hat-trick, his first hat-trick for Chelsea, second in his career. Um, Ara, I'll start with you. Um, what did you think of Mason Mount's overall performance and then obviously the hat-trick? Yeah, like I said, he uh, I think he was burnt out a bit at the end of the season after the Euros. And this rest that he got in the past few weeks really helped him. Because uh, especially the last uh, couple of weeks ago when he started for us as well as for England, he didn't look sharp at all. He just looked quite leggy. So this extended break has helped him quite a lot. And we can see the results. He was great for us. The first goal... From distance, it was amazing. The second goal, well, you could say uh, he was lucky that Krul came off the line because the first penalty that he took was really, really poor. It was terrible penalty. It was it wasn't placed far enough from the keeper. There was uh, no pace to it. 
So it was pretty lucky that he got it to retake the penalty and just smashed it the second time right down the middle. As for the third goal, uh, I wouldn't say that Loftus-Cheek is quite... Uh, he It was his first intention to pass the ball to the mount and he was really unselfish because, as you can see, I mean, I think he was trying to get in on goal himself, but uh, the last touch that he took was quite heavy and took the ball away from him, so he just decided to pass it squared up for Mason Mount, who was in a much easier position. I did check this, though. He was constantly looking at Mount before. Yeah, like he, he did. Had that, he did. He had he that did. in mind. Maybe he was going to take it. I still think he could have put it past I mean, because you can see uh, the, the touch that, that he the, that he took before uh, he passed it to Mount. It was quite heavy, and it took yeah. it quite towards Cruel that he, than he would have liked it. Yeah, I think he st- if he had the chance, I think he still would have probably put it back in the net anyway. Looking yeah. from it, but it, it was nice to for Mount to get his hat trick, and it was. I have I mean, seen th- things uh, turned out for the best anyway, so yeah, not complaining. Yeah, exactly. Um, Marv, I'll come to you. Uh, what did you think of Mount's overall performance? Well, wonderful. That that first goal was the Mount that we want to see and remember. That little snapshot hit the corner. He's, he's played well. It's good to see because I think this is when his season started. I think there was a lot of hype around him after how well he'd done in the season and people kind of willing him to be this kind of like the guy and everything. But I don't think he's quite there yet. We have to remember he's still very young as well. Um, I'm not a huge fan of him when he's so close to goal. I prefer him much deeper. But, uh, I mean, you can't argue with three goals. I mean, he was very good in the game. And hopefully continue. The boundless off-the-ball energy is what I like. Those kind of players I do like. I loved William for it. I love Mount for it. I love Werner for it. Because with those kind of players, you win. Because you can't win without those kind of players. Case in point, watch Man United. They've got Pogba and Bruno, very good players at creating space and scoring or whatever. But in terms of off-the-ball defensive, they're absolutely toilet. So you need a mix of that. And I think, yeah, well, when, you, when you score those kind of goals. But I, I love that first goal. I can watch that over and over again. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Jester's obviously, I know, I know in the past few weeks you've had arguments with Johnny. Obviously, Johnny's been very Mason Mount. Uh, it's never his fault, etc. But ha- have we finally seen the Mason Mount that Johnny's been seeing all this time? Well, I think that's yet to be uh, discerned by him. I mean, it was one game. Uh, he, he played better against Malmo. So, you know, you see a progression of two games, but let's, I hate to be the the person to throw cold water on all of this, but they are the two worst teams we're going to face this year in, in Malmo and, and, uh, and Norwich. I think actually Norwich is, is worse than Malmo. Uh, so I, I, I have to temper everything with, yes, well, let's do it against you know, Liverpool. Because arguably Liverpool had the better win this weekend, more impressive, pumping United 5-0. And you could say United's a better team than that. So uh, he, he played brilliantly. I'm taking nothing away from the way he played. He was brilliant. But that's not what we see from him week in, week out. He's been missing in action, except for the last two games, in my opinion. Where he's been better, and you know he's been better over the last two games. So does that have to do with the level of opposition, or maybe he has finally gotten enough rest to where he's not, um, you know, he's not tired. His legs are back. Um, has, he, has he finally kicked over, or 
when we play somebody that's a stern, more stern of a test, is he going to go back to, you know, what somebody called, you know, uh, one of the the great um, stirs of the pot, Go AM, says calls him Mason Milner. Uh, I hope we stay with this. Uh, I, th- I hope we, we keep seeing this Mason Mount because this Mason Mount will help us to a title. The previous Mason Mount that we've seen in the previous game will help us to top four, and that's it. So there's a difference. But uh, again, we'll find out very soon if it has something to do with the opposition we're playing or if he's officially back. Yeah, I think it's gonna be it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, I I do give, get your point. I think they were Norwich were very bad. Um, I do I do think it's a bit of both. I think Norwich were bad, but still, I think to beat them seven nil, I think that you you still have to play very good to do that. So I I do give them some sort of credit and not say it's just a result. But again, as as you said, I think it'll be nice. It'll be interesting to see how they do it against Southampton, particularly against Newcastle, against Malmo again. And then on to the bigger games, the Leicesters, the Uniteds, etc. Um, but, I mean, we are top of the league, so we cannot complain. Uh, I'm going to come straight to you again, because obviously we're going to go into another player, uh, one of your favourite <laughs> players in the whole wide world, Calabon Obviously, the hype from yesterday's match after review uh, has dissipated now. I, I will say that I, I, looking back at it, I will not give him a 9 out of 10. My Ratings for most people have dropped a little bit, um, but just as, so just tell, let, let us know. Just what what was your overall thoughts of Callum's game? I thought he he was good, but uh, not to the level that others uh, thought he was. Okay, I'm going to read out statistics because when I say, see something and then somebody else that I'm going to show with, see something else. I like to say, okay, well, where the statistics go? Because I test is one thing, but if the statistics don't match up, I'm saying maybe you need glasses. You know, I wear glasses. So, um, and these, these are almost identical statistics between the Malmo game and uh, the Norwich game. So one shot on target, of course, in the Norwich game, he got the goal. In Malmo, he got the assist. Uh, one key pass, one ground duel, one. Um, and that's it. No completed dribbles. He's known as a dribbler. I was told he was a dribbler. No completed dribbles in two games. So... Oh. Not good. I don't know. I mean, when you see compilation videos come out of him passing backwards and they cheer it. Oh, uh, this, 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 this is what I'm saying. He is he has not played as well as people think he played. And I stayed away from it yesterday because I just I couldn't be bothered. I gave him an eight out of ten just because I gave Ben Chilwell an eight out of ten and Reese James an eight out of ten. Because I just didn't want to hear it from people. But I went back to Malmo, which he played 46 minutes in. This game he played 70. And for a few plays here and there, he was pretty much invisible. 
And this is the guy everybody's rah, rah, rah. Oh, don't worry. We have Callum Hudson to do it. That was against Malmo in Norwich. You should you should be looking at a, a, a full stat sheet of, oh, amazing stats. And we didn't see that. So what is he going to do when you come up against your West Ham, your Man United, your Leicesters, your Wolves even? Top of, top of the table teams. If he can't do that during, you know, against bad teams, what's he going to do when we get to your good teams or your middle of the table teams? So I'm sorry. He played good. But to think that those performances now propel him into the conversation to be starting on and it's only the left side because he can't start on the right side, mind you. I'm sorry, it doesn't. Timo Werner, for all his faults, will put up, you know, he was our, our uh, lead uh, goal contributor from last year. Christian Pulisic, you've seen him win games by himself, bring us back in games by himself against the better teams. They have track records. For whatever their faults are, they have track records of being amazing in big games. We have yet to see that from Callum. Not to say he can't do it. We haven't seen it. And if these are the statistics that everybody's cheering against Malmo and Norwich, I think people would need to have a real hard look and a rethink. Yes, I understand eye test, but my eye test can't say one thing and your eye test say another. And when I go to the statistics, the statistics back up my eye test, not yours. So all I'm saying is he's still 21 years old. Stop with thinking the man walked on water or changed water into wine. He did not. He was good when everybody else was having good games against poor opponents. Come back to me where, where he does this against a Man City, a Liverpool, a top-of-the-table team in a crucial game where we need a, a goal. Come back to me then. Until that point, from my, my point of view, whenever Timo, Lukaku, and Christian Pulisic are fit, he's back to Orange Slices FC. And I don't want to hear anymore. I, I, I get tired of this because he came out of Cobham. And I'm going to leave it at that point and not go any further. Because he's a Cobham grad, he has to walk on water. Well, it ain't so. More Cobham grads are playing in lower divisions than in the big times. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do agree with your point. I think overall, he has um, struggled with the idea of driving the ball. And obviously in that game, it, it, it does pay me to see that he hasn't done a dribble against Malmo and Norwich. Because, I mean, as you said, if you can't do it against them, how are you going to do it against the better teams um, when they're not going to give you that space? I mean, Norwich were giving people space to drive and dribble past people, and the fact that he's not done that, I just that 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 worries me a bit because I think the way he plays and the way he sh- he, he should play, I think he's got the style that he should be able to do it, but for some reason he doesn't. Whether that's because of injury that is, he's just not never really got over of or whatever. Um, yeah, I just. I think he's done well. He, he had a good game. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a 
fantastic game like Mount. I don't think it's a fantastic game like other players have had. Um, so I, I, I do think, yeah, I understand why Tuchel has said that he's not there yet because you've got players like Werner who, who as you said, highest goal contribution last season despite all his misses. You've got Christian Pulisic who has stepped up at big times. I mean, I had an argument with someone the other week because they were saying, oh, um, you can't keep looking back at um, Christian Pulisic's lockdown form. But then I come back and said, well, all you and many other Cho stands go all the way back to Sari's days to look at Callum Hudson-Odoi's form when he last played good. So I was like, well, what is the difference? And if anything, yours is worse because yours is an extra year, year behind that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to give, I'm gonna, as you said, he's 21. I've always given him time. I, I know that he's not going to be this fantastic player now. Uh, but the problem is, I think no one else does. He is, as you said, walks on water. He is the world's best midfielder, world's best winger in the world, gets compared to Sancho and Bappe, all these people. It's just like, no, just Shit. calm That's it down. Good. I mean, That's comparing a good to is not fair anyway, because what is yeah, but I mean, he was compared to Sancho back when he was scoring goals in the Bundesliga. Like, even that Sancho, he's not even at that level yet. So, I think people need to calm down with that aspect. Um, Marvel, come to you next. What do you? Yeah. Think, what did you think of Cho's performance? Yeah, it did well-ish. But um, I mean, I'm glad he got the goal. And uh, one thing that I liked was the pass to Mount. That that should have resulted in a goal as well. So, the argument is that he is creative. I, I'm kind of trying to look at that from another lens and see if he does actually create final balls and looks for people to score or not. Because he did in that one that Werner got disallowed in the other game as well. Um, those stats that uh, Jester's read out are quite scary. The fact, like, what is it, one and one? I mean, the, like, when he plays, I don't get excited. And that's kind of like... Uh, a very telling point for me about wingers. If he if he's not exciting me, then I've got a lot of concerns, and he hasn't excited me since he got injured. And <clears throat> one of the the biggest issues is every time he does the exact same things, he will either one of three things: he will pass the ball backwards, he will run a little bit and try to bring it on his inside foot. Now against big teams, they're going to know he's going to do that, so they'll just track it. And the other thing, he'll try to roll the ball from his right to his left, and then try to go to the line. It's the only move that he has. And when you like you watch Christian Pulisic play, he can weave in three or four players and, and create space and then release the ball perfectly. If we're comparing them, there is no comparison between those two players. None. One is a world-level superstar that just needs to sort his fitness out. And the other is a young guy that is being massively overhyped because of where his, his schooling has been from. Um, again, exactly like Jester said, Malmo are a part-time farm team. And Norwich are going straight back down into the championship. So, I mean, yeah, you've got, you can only play what is there, of course. But I never see him do it against big and good teams. And, and that concerns me overall. I think he should have gone on the loan. Uh, and even say, after the transfer request, I, I'm still on the sales side. I don't think he will ever be a great player. But that being said, I hope he, he will. But those stats are quite damning because he doesn't pass my eye test. And he doesn't pass the stat test at all. So what does he pass? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is a bit of a worry. I mean, there, there, there are good parts to his game. Uh, I, I, I don't think uh, that's the problem. I think the problem is, my, my always issue is, I, I think he's an okay player. He could make it, he could not. We've got to wait and see. But again, it is the people that overhype him. And that's the problem, especially when you've got 
again, players like Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who are very good at the moment, even with all these injuries, and an injury worse than Callum's, but they don't get the same level as hype as Callum, and that, that's the bit that frustrates me. I mean, it's more. I think it's more his fans that I hate than him. I, I don't really hate Hudson-Odoi, uh, despite what people say. I hate his fans. I don't hate Hudson-Odoi, but that is just the way it is. Arrow, um, what did you think of Callum's performance, and do you think he deserves a few starts, obviously, with where Werner and... Um, Pulisic are out at the moment. Pulisic will come back. But do you think deserves starts in the next few games? Yeah, looking at his passive performance, he had to fall because I don't generally rate him too much. Can you hear him? I can't hear. We can barely yeah, hear Ar- you. Arrow, you're very quiet. Uh, can you hear me now? Barely. Still very quiet. Just try plugging in back. While Arrow while is sorting it out, I'll, I'll just speak on to the next point before I go back to him. Um, the final point I wanted to bring up was with the wing-backs. Obviously, Jess has kind of mentioned this in the review, and I did, I did notice it in the game too, and I actually went back to watch it because I have started to notice it, and I think it's actually something that is really good and could potentially be really good for this system, is the new kind of inverted wing-backs that we're trying to play with at the moment. We've played it in the last couple of games, and Norwich, the Norwich game, it really showed and worked out. Obviously, both James and Chilwell getting on the score sheet with some very, very good goals from them too. Um, and obviously, Chilwell is now four and four in terms of goals, so that is fantastic. Um, Jesters, what, what do you what do you think of the new way we're using our wing backs, and do you think this is the way to go? I, you know, I think it's it's twofold because it's easier to do, and it's more prolific. When you have a Havertz in there, that's not going to command the middle. He's going to move. Um, I don't know if if Rom has been told not to do that. We don't know. We don't, we're not privy to those conversations. But basically what they were doing is they were using Havertz as a decoy, running Hanley out of the middle of the pitch and running players in, whether it's Chilwell, whether it's Reese James, to, to cover, you know, to run into that open open position. And it's a brilliant tactic because when you're saying I'm going to man mark the center forward, whoever he is, and follow him wherever he goes, if you can pull, if you have somebody who can pull him out of position and allow somebody to run into that space, you're going to eat. You're going to eat real good, especially when you have a quality in the finishing of a Ben Chilwell and a Reese James, who are who absolutely are the two best fullbacks in the league. I don't want to hear about Trent. Yeah, Trent can play the ball forward, but he's a liability in defense. And to me, I don't know. I think Robertson's a little bit overrated, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, Chilwell has played brilliantly since he's been back. I hope he keeps up this form. Uh, because if those two start start bowling out like they have been, we're going to be very, very tough to defend. Because... I know everybody wants to say, well, we, we, we're, missing, we're missing attackers. Well, the wingbacks, if they're playing this well, you basically have five attackers on the pitch because you, you have either your, them coming inside or them going wide. And if they can play good balls into the area or if they can, they can when they come inverted, if they can pop a shot and, and put, put a goal in, 
then you're you've got five attackers on the pitch, not just three. And I think that's the way the system is supposed to work, because then you allow the center, the, the two sitters or the two eights or the two sixes, however you want to term it. Uh, Tuchel calls them sixes. They can just look and find space and pick out players because um, the only space on the pitch uh, that that the defense or uh, you can counterattack in is in the wide positions. And when you have a Antonio Rudiger, uh, Christensen, or if Aspie's back there, it's very hard to get past those players at this time one on one. I don't care who you are. Uh, we saw that, you know, Mo Salah is the most informed player in the Premier League, and he had to score via penalty against us, even when we went down to 10. So you're not getting past our center backs. So I think it allows us to play with much more attacking wing backs. And if they're out of position because they've cut inside and they're they're through the center, I trust those three at the back, whoever the three are, to to, uh, at least be able to defend a, a break wide or even down the center. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think hopefully it'll be it'll be the difference to our system because I think the wing backs are very important to this system. When they're playing well, I think the whole team starts playing very well. Um, Marv, what what do you think of the wing backs' recent form and this new kind of inverted fullback uh, wing backs? Do you think this is going to be a success success for us? Well, it's already been, hasn't it? I mean, they, they've won the Champions League with with those two, so it already is a success. They, I mean, the fact that Chill was so quick direct down the line is it, this role suits him so well and now he's got even more prowess than Alonso which is what Alonso offered which is great um James obviously is a mental athlete like really quick so I think it's great for me they're the best pairing and I'm still absolutely shocked that they didn't play together in the Euros uh, I'm still just absolutely surprised by that how you can choose the guy that had one out of six good seasons over a guy who just won the Champions League and it wasn't like he was a passenger I mean he made some blocks that actually won us the game um, Southgate tax in it. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, both of them are fantastic, and I think obviously that's one thing that England's been blessed with: bloody good wing backs. I mean, we've got Reese, got him, uh, Chilwell as well, and then also Trent Alexander-Arnold, all very good at something. Either dead balls, quite quick, good at putting crosses in, good at hitting the line, good at pulling the ball back, and all score goals. Um, for I think that could be, providing they don't have problems of injuries, could be our wing back pairing for the next ten years. Yeah, definitely. I think we do need eventually backups because I think obviously Alonso will eventually leave. I think obviously he's already turned 30, so I, well, how long he can last in the team. Obviously, Aspie's already starting to slowly move on, so we do need someone to back up James, which I know it's hard to get if they are going to be players that are going to be here for years to come, but we'll have to find them. But yeah, I think they've been fantastic. I think the new way we're playing with them is great. And I mean, we're chill well. He's got 14 goals and assists in the last two seasons. So that is that is fantastic for a fullback, especially considering he hasn't played every game week in, week out. Alonso's come in and they come out at spells. So um, I'm very happy with that. And hopefully this can continue. And I think that will be this could be one of the things that is the difference between winning the league and losing the league. Because as I said, I think the, the system is very important. If your wingbacks are playing well, Chelsea usually play well. If the wingbacks are not playing well, that's where we fall apart because they're, they are the real transition from defence to attack. And they're the guys that get the numbers up in attack and allow us to, to uh, do well against these teams. Um, Arrow, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm audible now. Yeah, you're, a, you're, you're louder now. Um, 
What what is what was the I forgot the I completely forgot the first question. Ah, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi. What what did you think of Callum's performance? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I am not the biggest fan of Callum Hudson-Odoi, and the past two games that I've seen, uh, I've been pretty impressed. Not wholly blown away by his performances, but they were good enough. Uh, for me, I feel that uh, the game against Norwich was much better than the game against Malmö. Uh, apart from that assist to Havertz, I didn't see him do much against Malmo, but when it comes to the Norwich game, we saw that goal with, uh, that we that he got against uh, against Krul, and then we saw the, the goal he was, uh, I mean, the own goal was his doing as well, because it's from his cross that uh, resulted in the own goal, and he could have had an assist as well from that Mason Mount miss, but yeah, he needs to improve a lot. Because, like Jester said, the statistics don't point really well. I mean, I'm not a person that goes with statistics alone. Um, I have to look at things as well as the stats. But from my point of view, I feel that he has to do more. And I feel this is the b- best time. Because I've never seen him produce uh, back-to-back performances in the past two seasons since his injury. And now we've finally seen him perform for two consecutive games i mean from is putting it lightly just we can see that he has goal involvement now and that's what matters so i feel that uh he was withdrawn early in the game against norwich because he's going to be involved against southampton as well uh in the absence of pulisic and werner i think this is the time that he has to show because uh if he does show it now this is the time if he does have the potential to do things in the premier league for a top team this is the time to show it Otherwise, I don't know when he'd get the opportunity again like he is getting right now. And, yeah, that's all for Callum. And as for the wing-back thing, yeah, I'm greatly impressed because Tuchel has tinkered a bit with the wing-backs because they, be, they used to go pretty wide and then they used to uh, go beyond the wingers as well. Because the wingers always used to come central for us. They weren't properly wingers. They were always two attacking number 10s behind the strikers instead of two wingers. Uh, yeah, because we haven't really played wingers. We've played, played Mount there. We've played Havertz there. We've played Werner there. We've hardly played Pulisic or Callum hudson in those positions in you know, 3-4-3. So it, makes, it made sense that uh, they were pushed wide the fullbacks are pushed really wide but since especially on the left side against Fulham and the past two games against Malmo as well we saw that Ben Chilwell was asked to come in uh, cut it inside as well come in a bit central because now that Callum Hudson-Odoi is involved in a proper winger an out-and-out winger we can see that Callum Hudson-Odoi can stretch the game to the wide positions and the fullbacks can come in inside uh, it wasn't the same exact same thing on the other side because on the other side it was uh, Mason Mount playing and Mason Mount doesn't provide the width that Callum Hansen odoi does so Reese James didn't come in quite that much inside other, apart from the goal which was uh, a quick counter rather than him coming inside a lot because even when from kickoffs and long balls we did see Chilwell trying to cut in inside and make those runs like we could see alternating runs between Kellerman Hudson-Odoi and Ben Chilwell. So whenever uh, out-and-out wingers are involved in a 3-4-3 system, 
we can expect our fullbacks to come in central. Yeah, definitely. I think it is the way to go, the way we're playing now, and hopefully this can kick us on. And obviously, we are top of the league anyway, so that that is fantastic. But obviously, we still haven't actually seen. I think this, the Norwich and the Malmo games is probably the first time we've seen a really good, perfect performance. And even then, there are, as we've seen, improvements that we can make. So yeah, the fact that we still we can't really understand that as the best performances because they were against Malmo and Norwich, and they aren't. They're yeah. hardly. The benchmarks of the teams that we're going to face. Yeah, I mean, not everyone beats them seven 0 That would be the only point I make. But yeah, I mean, I get your point. That is, we still haven't seen the, the best of this team, and we're top of the league. So, I think it's frightening the way that the potential this team has. So, hopefully, we can in the next few weeks really kick on and really stamp our authority in this league. And that does That's bring the best yeah, part. That's the best on. part, though. We haven't been playing really well, and we're top of the league, and. Like last year, our strikers haven't been playing too well, but the game, the goals have been coming from all over the pitch, and that's helped as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think I saw a stat that we've shared the goals around, and we've got 17 of our players have scored. So that is just fantastic. Now. 18 now. 18. Okay, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, that, that basically leaves just the goalkeepers and Barkley. So. I mean, there you go. I mean, that, that that's that's great for the team. Even Barkley scored yesterday almost. Yeah, if, near, uh, if, if uh, the, hadn't the, saved that, he would have had a goal. The fact that he didn't score that annoyed me. He's like, played. So that was, I mean, the fact that he did didn't score that like brought me relief because I didn't. I don't want him starting more games <laughs> from that goal. So he hasn't guess, been that bad this season. It's another one that we have to be fair to because actually all of the small, and they haven't been big ones, tiny opportunities he's had so far this season. He's been fantastic. I mean, he won us the game at Southampton. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah, he, did. he has, he has, he has done well when he's been called upon. I thought him, that pass came from Kovacic, but I, I saw no. that it was Barkley. And I was surprised because yeah. Barkley producing those kind, of go, those kind of passes, it was like Fabregas almost. Yeah, I mean, he's in his purple patch, so... Um, yeah. He's always in the purple patch when he's involved at the beginning of the season, the first few minutes that he's involved, but then he gets consistent time and then he just falls apart again. Yeah. So let's hope we can just use his purple patch and get it over with. Maybe he realizes that he's, because, uh, you know, he got caught in media doing stupid stuff before. Maybe he's realized this is his last chance at a big club because when he, he played and he looked good in all these games, I mean, you can't question his fitness. And. He's played really well. I mean, and I'm really not a fan. I thought I wanted him sold ages ago. I didn't even want him signed, in fact. But, you know, when they play that well, you, they got to be, you know, see how he does against Southampton because he'll probably play that much. And then we'll come back to it again because, yeah, like, you know. But again, he has that many chances and he's done well. I mean, he's probably been more effective than Adoy. So, you know, he's not been bad. No, I, don't think, I don't think he's uh, taking this as a chance of his uh, last chance at, at a top club. I think he's just trying to attract clubs for him himself uh, for a loan move in January because he needs to play. He needs to play consistently. This is the time he needs to play. He's like mid in his mid-20s right now and this is the time when he needs to play to get his career going because it's been going downhill since uh, that he, injury in, at Everton. He had loan offers though, didn't he? From like Burnley and some other Premier League clubs. Uh, he so. wasn't satisfied with them. He wants a better club. So oh, he's trying still. to attract them with better passes, yeah. better performances. Have one. We have breaking news here, folks. Well, two no. things. No. Inter, Inter scored, okay. and somebody compared Eden Hazard's run versus Liverpool through ball 
and scoring to Callum Hudson Adoy against oh, Norwich. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! This is exactly oh. what I mean. Oh, those stats yeah, ruined everything I'm for done. me. Like they I'm ruined done. every single moment for me. Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna make one more point before we finish this off. I think one of the reasons why Barkley's finally playing well is he hasn't got his drink. He hasn't got drink water as his alcohol buddy. So he's now not going out drinking at all. So maybe that's the positive. Drink water's gone and Barkley can focus on himself now. But yeah, uh, besides the jokes, that is the end of what has been another wonderful pod. Um, obviously, Jesters and Marv always here, always uh, providing some good stuff. But then obviously sprinkling that bit of arrow into this podcast has has made it another wonderful pod after two wonderful wins. So first you, of all, Marv, I've gone off. Thank you, brother. Are you trying to say you're sprinkling in a bit of spice? That might be a bit racist, my friend. Uh, I'm a, yeah, I don't yeah, mind. Yeah. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> it's fine. Thanks, as always, brother. Great pod. Great to speak to you as well again, Arrow. It was totally awesome to be back again. I knew I was supposed to be on last week as well, but... But due nah, to nah, our nah, unforeseen I'll, circumstances, I'll... let's just put it that. Let's just yeah, keep it nah, that. Let's just let, keep let, it let, unforeseen let, circumstances. Yeah, let's just let, let's <laughs> just say feel. let's just say don't trust me to read a text right. That's that is the <laughs> lesson to learn. But anyway, yeah, thank I mean, you, Arrow, for coming on. It's been great to have you on. The pleasure is all mine, and it's been a great pleasure to come on. It's been totally awesome to speak with you guys again, talking about football again, talking about Chelsea again, and I can't wait to be back again. And Jester's finally, thank you for coming on as well. You're very welcome. Did did uh, Social get, get sacked? Uh, I hope not. She's no. not. Not yet. Oh, it's it's oh somebody. I mean, Someone's I want there to be a, a massive account. fire at Old Trafford. I mean, not a proper physical fire, but a metaphorical fire. Like Ronaldo getting pissed at the board at. A soldier, a soldier getting back still after Ronaldo is pissed at him and like things, everything falling apart, the dressing room falling apart. Uh, that would be just amazing. That would be a perfect season for me. It, it looks yeah. pretty legit, but it's not. It's not Sky Sports. Yes, keep him. Don't don't let keep him go. Keep him, keep I don't him. want him to leave. Ollie at the wheel. Ollie at the wheel. Ollie at the wheel. Anyway, guys, <laughs> thank you for listening to this wonderful pod. Uh, make sure you keep following us on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'll put the links down for Marv's Rudiger article, and I will also put the article that article link down for my Pulisic article that I wrote the other week, going through all of his injuries and kind of explaining why he's not as injury prone as people may think. Uh, read it with an open mind, and I'm sure you'll be shocked with some of the things I reveal that are lies and things out of context. So. Make sure you give it a read. It's doing really well, so I want to try and push it up and maybe beat Marv's record on the Rudiger article. So we'll have to wait and see. Watch, read my Rudiger article again. Get it up higher than uh, Matt's one. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> see who gets higher. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Hopefully we continue to 